Take three deep breaths right now, breathing in and breathing out, wherever you are. Notice how you feel in your body and your mind and come into the present moment. Hello and welcome to And Breathe. My name is Rebecca Dennis and I am a breath coach and this podcast is here to help you understand the power of your breath. Each episode, you'll hear experts and inspirational people from all walks of life share their stories and experiences that have changed their lives for the better. And throughout the podcast, we'll be sharing tips on how our breath can help us through challenging times and how it's much more than just an inhale and an exhale. Okay, so let's move on to the podcast. Have you ever found some days or some weeks you can't sleep or you feel overly emotional, sometimes exhausted or filled with this need to make big changes and start something completely new for no reason? Chances are that you're tuning into the cycles of the moon without even knowing it. But most of us are aware of the feeling of the potency of the full moon. The moon is our closest celestial neighbor and has a powerful influence on our planet, the sea, the seasons, the tides, exerting two and a half times the gravitational pull of the sun. During this podcast, modern-day moon mystic and yoga teacher Kirsty Gallagher will share with us the science and magic behind how the moon affects our daily lives and how we can start to work with the cycles to bring real magic, purpose and transformation into our lives. She works closely with the cycles of the moon, teaching regular moon ceremonies for the equinox and solstice. Her book Lunar Living will be released very soon as she's a regular contributor to press and has been featured in the National Geographic and The Times. We're going to be discussing all things moon related and the importance of slowing down, going inwards and working more closely with these cycles. So I'm really excited to welcome Kirsty. Hi, my love. Thank you so much for having me. So nice to have you here today. So good to be here. Um, We were here, we were together yesterday um, at Mind Body Spirit Festival in Birmingham and it was really nice to be on the train with you and and to probably catch up and then yes. talk a little bit about what we're going to be covering today. That's it. So, um, where do we begin? I mean, what I what I love about when I've listened to you talking about the moon, when we've had conversations about the moon and when we've worked together, you make it very accessible. You make it, it's not so woo-woo. And even the biggest skeptics will understand mm. what you're or, or or can resonate yes. with how, what, what you're what you're saying. So, I guess where do we start? Like, where did your journey begin with the moon, with your love of the moon? Well, I um, went to India in 2009 to do my yoga teacher training, mm-hmm. and it's really traditional on moon days not to practice yoga. And there's a few different reasons for this. One of the reasons that get touted about is that Patabi Joyce, who founded Ashtanga Yoga, wanted an extra day off, a few people said. But many people really adhere to the fact that because the moon affects the energy of water, the gravitational pull of water in the earth, with humans being made up of 70 to 80% water, they would find that when people practiced on moon days, their practice would be different. So on a new moon... So when you say moon days, you don't mean a woman 
being on her moon. No, I just no, mean in general, yeah. a full or a new moon day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on a new moon day, when the energy is at its very lowest, people would tend to be very heavy in their practice, kind of drag themselves through it. Yeah. On a full moon where we're at the peak of the energy cycle, people would tend to go through really, really quickly. And there were a lot more injuries um, and people, you know, um, not connecting with the practice because the energy of the moon was so high. So because we had moon days off, everybody, and there can be hundreds and thousands of people in Mysore at any one time, everyone would go to the cafes and hang out and chat. And I'm a real people person. I, I love um, observing people and connecting with people. And I would notice on moon days that people's energies would differ. There'd just be something about the energy, the atmosphere that would just feel different. And then I started to notice that the themes that people were talking about would often be the same. So you'd find on moon days whenever we'd hang out, there'd be a certain theme of the day that people were either struggling with or wanted to talk about or things were coming up for them. And then it's also really traditional on moon days to practice what's known as abhyanga, which is a, an oil body massage just because mm. you're so sore from practice. Yes. So you put the oil on your body, you lay for kind of 30 minutes, half like half an hour, 40 minutes. And I'd find then that on those moon days, I would really tune into what that moon's energies was trying to tell us, what the energy of the moon felt like, what the theme of the day felt like. And it just got me hooked. I was absolutely fascinated by this energetic kind of thing that, that resonated with so many people even with people not knowing that it was particularly affecting them in some way everyone just differed mm. it was it was incredible to see it got me really hooked and I've been working with the moon now for that was nearly 12 years ago so yeah. for 12 years now just delving deeper into the energies of the moon how people are affected by it how we can then use that energy and work with it rather than against it yeah. And when we go back to lunar calendars, you know, calendars were mm. designed around the moon cycles and um, and then how people would plant yeah. by the moon as well. Yes. So that's coming in. I mean, there are still people that do plant by the moon as well, aren't there? But also yeah. there's just there? that all of these, these, I guess, with the red tent, um groups or foundation society the women that would mm, would absolutely. gather wouldn't they many many years ago when they were on their cycle yes and then spend that time together, together. in the in their circle in this tent of this ritual totally and it's that gives i guess it gives that feeling of like we're not on our own totally we're we're all going through this absolutely and that's what I also really adore about Lunar Living. I put moon musings on my Instagram every month. And the joy that comes from that for so many people is in seeing everyone else right underneath. Oh, my goodness, me too. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, I feel like that. Because I think, honestly, very often we feel that we're the only ones that ever have the voice of doubt, the fears, the not enough. I really feel like, I mean, we, it's beautiful. We're talking so much more about things like mental health and breath practices coming in and all these different ways to help people cope. But the moon is unifying. It really, it's one of the only, it's one of the last unifying things in the world that no matter your race, your religion, your social media following, your beliefs, no matter what, we all see the same moon in the same sky. She goes new at the exact same time for everybody in the world. She goes full at the exact same time for everybody in the world. And when you start to see how any more people are affected by it, it makes you feel like you're not on your own anymore. You're not alone. Yeah. And that's why I adore. And 
to your point about women's circles, I think that's beautiful and so important. At one point, all women would have, well, many women would have menstruated around the dark moon time, the most inward focused time of the month, would have gone in the red tent together. Mm. And it would have been a time then when we could have held space for each other in those emotional depths and supported each other through what that emotion was telling us. Where do you need the support? Are you okay? What can I do for you? Can we hold space for each other? Is there anything that we can do together? It's and like this, this supportive exactly, holding. Exactly, this holding of space mm. and emotion and knowing it's not okay. competition no. and, yeah. Yeah. Um, every month that would have happened. And what a beautiful opportunity then, even to know... Even a shared experience of women, when you know what someone else has gone through, you're able to support them so much better through the rest of the lunar cycle, through the rest of life. That's that where you know. lunatic comes from as well. The word lunacy it? and lunatic yes. all have their basis in the word lunar. Mm, where it, you sometimes yep. feel like you're going mad because you're the only person that's feeling totally. like that. Whereas yes. when you talk really openly... And the more people talk about what's, like you say, of mental health and with their feelings and with what's going on, that we all have those inner voices inside telling us that, like, we're not good enough. Totally. And we were talking about that yesterday, right? Mm. Always thinking, oh, I need to do more training. I haven't read enough books. I need to know yes. more science on this. And it's just, it's a constant, it's yes. like our internal um, parent almost sort of absolutely berating us for not for not Absolutely. doing enough and not being enough and then of course it's just they're just voices aren't they yeah. they're not real yeah and, and um but they're but they're again but then again they're the ones that that we when we listen to that and when we hear it rather than pushing it away um then it is always it's always a chance to really just to keep coming back to this space of acceptance mm -hmm. and compassion and just and then the competing stops and the you know you leave the ego out the you know I at do. the door because it's because you're not you're not in this compare and despair mode because you're not because most of the time if we're looking at others or if we're judging others it's usually because it's a mirror of Absolutely whatever is going on in ourselves Absolutely. isn't it Absolutely. Yeah. and I feel that I feel like as we can take more accountability for what's going on for us and we can understand that in ourselves we can better understand and then support the people around us as well mm. and so let's talk about the eight phases of the moon okay shall we yeah, yeah. I always start with the dark moon phase. So yep. there's different terms for astrology and astronomy. So I'll give you them all and then there's a clearer understanding. But the dark moon is also known as the balsamic moon. And in astronomy, it's known as the waning crescent. And so it's the moon at her very, very end where she's almost but not quite. There's like a tiny little bit of moon left. She's nearly, nearly non-existent in the sky. And this is a time of the month when our energy levels are going to be at their lowest um, we're going to feel quite introverted. We're going to feel like being alone and we're going to feel quite emotional as we're taken more into our depths and into the things that we hide from. If we use this phase of the moon, it can be so powerful in telling us what we need to pay some attention to what you normally find around a dark moon phase is you're very much more drawn into what you don't want so it's very clear to you i don't want this i don't like this i don't like when this happens simply because then you can figure out from that what you do want when the new moon comes along 
And so it's a really beautiful phase to be in that low energy and to give yourself rest and self-care. I think at the moment we're in a really busy epidemic. We glamorize big to-do lists and mm. the fact that our diaries are really packed out. Yeah, it's almost like people like to tell you how busy they are and I sometimes catch myself like oh my god I'm so busy I've got to probably have five minutes on Thursday yes yeah Yeah. so we're just all rushing around all the time aren't we and then we don't listen we don't Mm. hear we don't feel and that's why often the dark moon time will quite will floor people quite often to the point where um you know when you say like I'm bone tired where you get you're so tired your bones are tired yeah. it's going to be more on this face of the moon that you feel this mm. and the reason the moon does this is to try to literally get you to slow down and stop in your tracks so you can just pause for a moment and just be and just feel into what you're feeling and just check in with where am I am I aligned with where I want to go what's going on in my life So the dark moon phase, particularly if you've been quite avoidant in life or you are on that busy treadmill, can often come quite hard. And it's a time just to really rest, to take note of what's coming up for you. It's not a time for doing anything. So maybe like strip things out of your diary because obviously you can't, it's, it's easy for us to say, okay, on a dark moon, then just, you know, take everything out of your diary. But when people have got nine to five jobs or busy and they've got meetings that are being booked in by 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 their colleagues and so on we we, we're not at this stage maybe one day maybe one day (laughs) there will be companies that will be working with the phases of the moon but I guess things like what you can do is is not make commitments in your diary maybe to go and meet someone for dinner or have those drinks and then because then you end up cancelling people because you're feeling too tired or you don't listen then you find you're misaligned for the whole rest of the the cycle the whole rest of the lunar phase you find you feel like you're playing catch up Mm -hmm. and so yeah just strip back try to finish work on time try to strip back any social engagements each phase of the moon lasts about three and a half to four days so it's it's not that much time to be able to just go home and and be with yourself as much as you can be um Take some time to really self-care in that, even if it's just half an hour a day of doing something that really makes you feel like you're taking care of yourself. Perhaps the time of the lunar cycle to, you know, book that massage that you promise yourself or spend that time home alone, take that bubble bath, Mm -hmm. do some journaling, do some guided meditations, listen to podcasts, all those things that you're normally too busy to do that just fill you up. But don't get too busy that you're still avoiding. Yes. So just take some time to listen. <laughs> then we start to move into the new moon. Mm. So the new moon is almost when you start to take that first little sip of breath in. And so the new moon quite often feels like a breath of fresh air after the darkness of the dark moon, where you're suddenly like, oh, everything's going to be okay again. You start to breathe in again. And the new moon then is the opportunity. It's the very beginning of the lunar cycle. So it's where you take everything you learned in the dark moon about what you don't want and what your emotions are signposting you to, and you set your intentions for the next lunar cycle the following month. So the new moon's still not quite a doing phase. You're at the very start of the inhale, so you've not quite, the energy's not quite built yet. But it's the time then for setting the intention. What do I want this lunar cycle to bring for me? What do I want to create throughout this lunar cycle? What's going to be my intention? What do I want to bring into this breath or into this cycle? What do I want to create? Mm. And so in the new moon, you're very likely to feel very in touch with exactly what it is that you do want and able to vision it much more clearly. So then after the new moon, it's as though we start to inhale a little bit more and more and we get the waxing crescent moon. 
And the waxing crescent moon is the go, go, go part of the cycle. Mm -hmm. So we've now started to feel our energies lifting up. We've got something going on. And this is now the time for doing. And so this is where you would take all of the intention to set yourself on the new moon and you start to figure out, okay, how do I make this happen? What do I do about this? What can I put into place? Who do I need to contact? What information do I need to gather? What foundations do I need to lay? How? This is the phase now of the hows. How do I make all of this come to life? Mm -hmm. So we're taking more breath in and more breath in and we're starting to really see that everything becomes possible. Then we get to first quarter moon which is where the moon is halfway to full, which is normally everyone's favorite part of the cycle. So it's like we're, we're taking a big inhale and we're like halfway on the inhale. So we feel like there's still more room. We've already got this energy coming in. And first quarter moon is the time of the lunar cycle where you will feel as though the whole universe is on your side. Mm. So it's the time when synchronicities happen. It's the time we need to say yes to every invite. Yeah. It's the time when people mention a book to you, read it. If someone mentions a podcast, listen to it. If someone mentions a person to you, contact them it's a time where you're going to start to feel really invincible and like anything is possible so it's like the magic of the moon it's like the magic yeah. of the moon time where suddenly everything shifts a little gear and you've gone from that dark phase into being able to see the light the only thing that can happen around this part of the cycle is we're, we're nearly but not quite so we're kind of halfway there and so it's a time when you can maybe find a little bit of imposter syndrome coming in a little bit of the voice of like oh can you really do this yeah not a time to do anything about this, but take note because these are the things, this is the voice that will always, always, always prevent you from getting where you want to go. So if you can notice that voice when it comes to waning cycle, which we'll come to mm. in a moment, that's the time then we start to release this voice. Yep. So don't do anything, but take note of, mm, that's interesting. That voice is telling me a little bit of fear about this or a doubt about that. And, 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 and the other thing as well is just that I guess it's like when you're in touch with these phases of the moon, going over the month and then as the year goes by because everything is so rushed and we're just not really working with cycles or or being so much in the moment or present or with time if you're working with the moon in the, within these phases you actually get to it's almost like it gets to stop time yes I often call the moon a cosmic timer mm. because quite often what people find is that we suddenly get to November and everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's November. there's, How did there's, there's oh, Christmas it's things in the shops. What's going on? How yeah. did it happen? And I'll tell you why it happens. It happens because we live life in a linear way. Yeah. So there's no way at all that we hold ourselves accountable and the only things that take us out of like a monotone existence are weekends or holidays so we start to live for the weekend or live for a holiday or something that will take us out of this linear way mm. when you work with lunar cycles twice a month new and full moon even if you only work with those two phases you have an opportunity to check in how many people make a new year's resolution to have not done anything about it by mid-january by february forgotten what it is yeah, we don't even remember what they are because we don't do anything and then it comes around again and we're like oh my gosh it's new year again those twice a month with the lunar cycles give us a chance to check in and go oh on a new moon I set the intention and then I didn't do anything about it why what is it that and then I'm what was the voice what was the voice that was there exactly. what was that that was stopping me that was Where holding me doubts? back that was, yes. was telling me my inner voice or yes. my inner critic that was telling me oh no you can't do that no you're yes. not good enough for that no don't do that now all of that procrastinating that we 
that we absolutely are guilty of. Absolutely. I'm a master procrastinator. Mm. I can make a piece of paper last me five hours, especially if I'm on the verge of a big project, mm. because it's that little voice in me that almost fears stepping into that greatness, that yeah. fears stepping out into that light, that fears putting myself completely out there. So the procrastinator in me will be like, oh, hey, you need to be really busy doing nothing mm. of any relevance. Yeah. Working with the cycles now, though, I know that. I know when she starts. I know exactly the part of the cycle she's going to start speaking to me. And I know within reason exactly what the voice is going to say. Mm. But I'm aware of that now. So rather than becoming me and consuming me, it becomes almost a sweet little background noise that I thank now for showing me that I'm about to step into something great. Yeah. After first quarter moon, we then come into the waxing gibbous part of the moon, which is the part of the cycle where the moon is almost full. So you'll look up in the sky and you'll be like, is she, is it full? There'll be just a little piece missing. And a lot of people feel like this around this part of the cycle, that you feel like you're nearly but not quite. There's just a little bit of something missing. There's just, if you could just do that one more thing, you feel like you want to do something, but you're not sure what it is. And this is a part of the cycle where people don't sleep. Mm. So when people talk to me about not being able to sleep yes. around a full moon, it's yeah. normally in about the three nights before the full moon in the waxing gibbous part of the cycle. And this is because the moon is like, if you see her as a beautiful, wise old grandmother or a cheerleader, she wants you to achieve what you set out to do at the new moon. So those intentions you set out to do, she's like, hey, you've not got time to go to sleep because you're almost at the finish line and you just need to give it this last big push and just give it one last little bit of energy and just one last little bit of effort. And so you get this influx of energy, like as we spoke about before, the top of like <gasps> the top of the inhale where you're like taking that last little sip of energy and to fill you all the way up just to get over the finish line. And so that's why around this time, you will tend to find yourself wide awake mm. so what do you suggest Kirsty? because it's like so many people talk about they've were up all night and they were tossing and turning and oh because it's full moon again and so is this a time when really if you are awake then rather than lying there and trying to get back to sleep again should you get up or should you Free. I mean, what I do personally, so this is what I do. I, If I'm finding now that I'm having a night where I I wake up at two in the morning mm -hmm. or something and then I am just super wide awake, yeah. maybe, you know, your subconscious sets in, then, you know, all of the, the stuff and the to-do lists, um, I will connect to my breath or I'll do mm -hmm. some really lovely deep breathing and then just go back into almost like lucid mm. dream state um but then but then other times if it's 5am when I've woken up and I'm just it, it just feels like if I've got a lot of energy then then I'll just get up and maybe I'll just do like um, some yoga practice or something totally. like that but what what's your I mean what what's your suggestions what's your tips use the energy yeah the energy has been given to you for a reason mm -hmm. and I'm a I'm a big believer in life is for a reason but especially lunar energies they're there for a reason the dark moon energies pull you down so much because you need to stop and listen mm -hmm. if you're being given this extra energy use it you've got a task to do so it might be that you get up and you write into the night you journal on it you send out those few emails that you've been intending to do you put that last big push of bravery into doing it so really use the energy rather than lying wide awake being fretful because your emotions are going to be starting to be heightened 
heightened around this time. So use that energy as much as you can. Whether that is just, that was a beautiful suggestion of yours. It might just be breathing and tuning into you of, okay, what did I set out to do on new moon? What stood in the way? And just recognizing it. But if you're being given this energy, use it for awareness. Absolutely. So use the energy. Mm, really beautiful. just try to use it for something rather than for, for allowing yourself to go into that frantic, overthinking, overanalyzing. Instead, put that energy towards something useful for you. Study something, learn something, write something, create something. Just do something with that energy. Full moon, top of the inhale, peak of the energy, absolutely full up, filled. This is the time of the month for me for two things. Number one, celebration, which is one thing we massively forget to do in life now. We forget to celebrate our wins. And there's work by a really incredible man called Rick Hansen who talks about how um, kind of bad experiences are like Velcro and good experiences like Teflon. So we remember the bad experiences, we stick them to us. Mm. Anything good that happens, we let it slide. And then as we know through things like confirmation bias and negativity bias, our mind is going to look for proof we're right and keep picking out more and more of the bad experiences. When you start to celebrate your wins and take a moment once a month to go, oh, do you know what? I did that. I intended that to happen. I made that happen. Look at me. But I don't know what happened to us where we, we, we started to be told it's a bad thing to celebrate ourselves. Yeah. I don't know what happened yeah. where we started to think, oh, do you think she is? And oh. Celebrate any wins. Anything you made happen in that first part of the cycle, you celebrate it. Mm -hmm. You give yourself a really big pat on the back. You notice the work and effort that went into it. And the more you celebrate those wins, the more you'll start to look for the winning. You'll start to believe in yourself. It's one incredible gift Luna Living gives us is the, is the ability to believe in yourself and trust in yourself. So to take the niggles, to listen to them, to do something about them and to create something different for you. And so you start to really develop that trust in you of like, wow, I did that. The full moon then also being the peak energy part of the month is also the part where emotions come rushing to the surface. And the emotion most people tend to mention around a full moon is anger. I have a belief on this. I think that if we really sit and look at it, the anger is often a frustration that's directed back to us of how we did procrastinate or sabotage yeah, totally. or not do what we set out to do. And I know I'm a big person for that. I'll be like, oh, I didn't do that. I didn't follow that. Yes, I didn't read that book they told me to read. I didn't follow the synchronicities. It's like it was all there for me. Mm. And that voice or that fear or that smallness just stopped me doing it. And so I think a lot of the real emotion we feel around a full moon is a frustration of like, oh, why didn't I just say yes? Why didn't I just go for it? Oh, what was I doing? Yeah, so underneath that anger is like the resentment mm, or yes. this shame or what this stopped guilt us? or this kind yes. of like... Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And again, we get to shine this big full moon light then on where we are in our lives. And quite often when that big light and we have to stop and look at it, we're like, oh, I'm no different to where I was a few weeks ago or nothing's changed. But then again, we get to take power for that. We get to really go, okay, I need this to change. 
So then the waning part of the cycle is like the exhale. And this is where we start to let go of everything that we recognize stood in our way of achieving what we wanted to achieve. Mm. And so as we first come into the first part of the waning cycle, and the waning phase is where most people, I think I mentioned earlier, forget to do the work. So we get to full moon and we go, okay, it didn't work, but I'll just wait till the next new moon. I'll wait till it comes around again. Yeah. If we don't do the work to release what stood in the way, the same thing will happen around the next part of the cycle. So the first part of the waning cycle is known as the disseminating moon, um, sometimes called the, the waning gibbous. And this is where we start to really begin to let go of what stood in our way. It's the time of the cycle where we take stock, we pause, we recognize we look into what those voices told us that we've made note of in the waxing moon and we start to notice what really did stand in our way and what we want to therefore release through the waning part of the cycle. This is the time of the month to have any conversations that need to be had. So we mentioned earlier, don't have those conversations under full moon. Mm -hmm. You're going to want to, but all that's going to come out is all of the things that you don't. And we've all done it in that flash of anger. We've said something and afterwards we've gone, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Yeah. If I'd have or sat back and text, thought. Sent that text. Yes. And then you can't take yes. those words back again. Exactly. So if I'd have maybe sat back and thought about that a little bit I'd have said it differently mm -hmm. this is the time to sit back think about it and say it differently yeah. so what you notice from your heightened emotions around the full moon about who was pushing your buttons what was going on for you what was triggering you what you felt all emotional about this is now the time to have those conversations with those people to communicate your wants and your needs in a way that's going to land in a very well received way because the energy is starting to go more inward so we're all able to receive it in an inward way versus everything just pushing out and a blame and a firing off mm. it's also a really good time of the cycle to get your message out there so it's not a time to start anything new but if one of your intentions was to start a new project or start a new business or you don't you don't feel like you've quite got your message out there into the world sometimes there's so much going on in a waxing moon as energy builds there's too much energy out there so to get your message out there in a waning moon it's sometimes better received so it's a time if you do have a message to share a voice to share, maybe a good time if you've not really used Instagram stories or things like that, to start to just get on there and share who you are and what you do in a way that's going to really be beautifully received by people because they're going to be in a space to be able to listen to that. Mm. We then come down into the waning third, the third quarter moon, into the waning quarter. And this is where the moon is once again halfway, but now we're going halfway down to full. And so this is the time when we find we're at a real crossroads. We look back over what the cycle's brought us so far and we look forwards to what we really need to release now to come back around to new. And so this is now the real deep releasing part of the cycle where we'll start to work on letting go of any of our shame, letting go of any of our doubt, maybe putting together affirmations around self-belief and self-empowerment. So rather than being like... I say this often, we can't like lobotomize our doubt and our fear and our shame. It's, it's there for a reason. It's been there to protect us in some way, shape mm, or form. Absolutely. But what we need to do is start to add more of the positive and empowering stuff. So we might do more affirmations. Like I'm, I've said it, I'm a master procrastinator. I might do affirmations around this part of the cycle about how productive I am and how much I get done to start to release some of those parts of me that are procrastinating and that do want to hang back a little bit. It's a time for doing all of those things that you've been putting off doing in the rest of the cycle so really 
shedding things, letting go, clearing out your inbox, finishing off accounts, doing anything that needs to finishing off. And you also find that this part of the cycle that things start to maybe come together as in you finally, that last little piece of the jigsaw's clicked into place, so things have come together. Or you might find things catching up with you that you've been avoiding. So this is the yeah. everything catches up with mm. you part of the cycle. But use this now, your energy is going inwards. So use this to further go inwards, to release, to shed, to let go of the doubt, the layers, everything that prevented you. And then we come back around again to the balsamic, to the dark moon, where we go right back inwards to decide, okay, next cycle, what do we want to start again as new? Yeah. And some things are going to take so many cycles. That's why the seasons are beautiful, to work in a particular season over that cycle of moons that we're not going to be able to create everything we want in one moon cycle. And I also, one of the biggest pieces of advice, I know you asked me for advice, start smaller, especially if this is where you're first starting with things like manifesting, because if you suddenly decide you want to manifest an entire new life, as soon as the the waxing crescent moon comes around, the first little crescent moon we get, which is the go, 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 you'll find yourself like a deer in headlights because your wishes all seem so big and so far away and so huge that you feel like you don't know what to do with them. So then you'll never get to celebrate any of those full moon wins. And so I always say to people, have a bigger project to work on, but add just a couple of little things in there. I want to say no a little bit more often. I want to put some boundaries in place around my time a little bit more and work on some smaller things and once you get more of the wins and you learn to trust in yourself the wins get bigger and bigger and greater and greater as we start to realize the magic and potential we have when we move back in line with this cycle and we get to work with this incredible magic that's gifted to us every month so when we're talking about going to the the science yes of the moon and the gravitational pull yes and how it affects the tides and how we're it's eighty percent water. Eighty, yeah, roughly. Roughly, and yeah. the planet is eighty percent water. Yeah. And so, how do you best explain that and how how the, those type because that that to me is 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 like where we are these watery beings, yes. aren't we? Absolutely. Living in this watery world. Absolutely. That is having tides which are ruled by the moon and therefore our own tides. Yeah are ruled by the moon but yeah how do you what can you just explain some of the science of course and, i mean because also the other thing as well like where did the moon come from <sighs> but we don't yeah there's the lots of moon different... is an absolute yeah. mystery and that's one thing i love so the one thing i often say to people when they start to work with moon magic is that there has to be a certain element of magic to it there's that beautiful roald dahl saying uh, that those who don't believe in magic will never find it yes. and so there have been so many scientific studies done over the years about the effects of the moon on humans some will agree some will disagree Mm. and as we know with science you know there are are two sides of every single fence the one thing I say to people a lot about lunar living is try it for yourself and the effects and the way it will impact your life will be so obvious to you that you can't help but do it anymore Mm. it just becomes a way of life Mm. but the moon so the, the most commonly agreed upon theory 
is that four and a half billion years ago, a Mars-sized planet hit the Earth at 100,000 kilometers an hour, and it was called Theia. And from that little piece of the Earth and this planet as they collided, kind of filtered out into the gravitational, the, the gravity the gravity around the earth and they coalesced into what then became the moon mm. that was the commonly agreed upon thing that Theia had hit earth the, all the break off from this collision had moved around moved around became the moon they've done research lately though that shows that the composition of the earth and the moon are almost identical so then other scientists then come in and say well if this planet Theia collided why is there no evidence of this planet at all in the makeup of the moon so the moon's still a mystery. Mm. No one really still no knows. No one really knows. No one really, really, really knows. And that's one of the things I love. The moon, even her cycles, you know, the, the moon's cycle is between 27 and a half to 29 and a half days. Both are true. It takes 27 and a half days for the moon to go around the earth from a fixed star. But if you've got to remember that as the moon's going around us, we're also going around the sun. And so then the moon has to play catch up a little bit every month because a new moon only occurs in the moment that the sun, the moon and the earth are in one exact line. So the moon has to play a little bit of a catch up every month to come into that alignment. So new moon to new moon is 29 and a half days. So the moon's always keeping us on our toes of, of allowing us to just... One of the things that working with the moon really brought to me is, is being okay with change as well and not having things so set because she's not like that. Even the phases are not an exact if it's going to go from dark to new here. It's three and a half to four days. Mm, yeah. So the moon's always just this little mysterious force. It's just keeping us in a mystery of life and almost a fun of life of not being so rigid and regimented yeah. and wanting everything to be in a certain way of being allowing more, something being more in the flow yes yeah something not just to be in flow but also to trust in something greater like mm. almost all of us have stood at some point instead a full moon and just been like wow wow and so the moon just shows us that there's whether you call it god or source or universe or whatever word you choose to call for this something greater that there's just something wiser and greater and and, and bigger than us and that's what i love Absolutely. about moon magic yeah so let's talk about mercury retrograde oh mercury retrograde because <laughs> we were talking yesterday weren't we which i loved about um can I mention this about the book or the well, this contract, mm. this project yeah. that you have, and how um, you're like, I'm not going to sign the contract until after Mercury yeah. retrograde. And so a lot of people talk about Mercury retrograde as well. Yes. So what exactly is that, and can you explain that to people who have never heard of it and who are going to think we're talking complete poppycock? How can you convince yes. them in your best possible Kirsty Gallagher way? Okay. Um, I, I, I would probably say that most people nowadays have heard about Mercury Retrograde yep. because it's become very, very fashionable as Mercury Retrograde. Yes. So many people now be like, oh, it's Mercury Retrograde. So basically what happens is around three times a year, Mercury appears to go into retrograde. It doesn't actually retrograde, but it, Mercury appears to. And Mercury is a planet of communication. Mm. So Mercury governs not just our communication between each other, but Mercury will govern a communication as in technology, as in any kind of contracts. And so what you'll normally find people talking about around Mercury retrograde is how all of their tech starts to fail. Yeah. 
um, technology starts to go haywire, mm. you'll find that you're not very well understood. So it might be that communication, communication goes yeah. a bit array. Travel plans tend to always go a little bit wrong. So whatever you tend to travel around Mercury, connections tend to get missed. Yeah. Things don't tend to land very well. And they say you shouldn't sign any contracts in Mercury, which is what's just happened to me. Mm. So as we were coming up to the Mercury shadow time, I knew it was coming. I said to the lawyer, um, we were ironing out a few points and I kind of said, I, I just need to pre-warn you that Mercury is going to go into retrograde on this certain date. So if we don't have it all in place by then, I, I can't really sign the contract. And I think he just humoured me mm. and was like, I'm sure we'll have it all sorted by then. And we didn't. We didn't have an answer we needed. And so when it came around and I, I was like, I, I can't sign the contract now for another three weeks until Mercury goes direct. And I don't really know what they think about me. They've all agreed to it. And I think they think I'm a little bit crazy as well because I'm due a few advances on it, which they can't give me until contract. But I'm like, I'd rather wait. I would rather. And the reason for this, and I don't want to... So you're already walking your, your talk. That's what I wanted to do. I said to them about, yeah. I can't do a book about what I've done and what I've written about and then do something like this. And I want yeah. to give it the best chance. For anyone out there yeah, who's like getting really... really trust it. Really yeah. trusting yeah, for anyone out there who's getting really terrified about this now and thinking, oh my gosh, don't sign anything. Because I work in a lot of law firms and when I tell this about, you can see their faces yeah. go. To be fair, quite a few of the law firms I teach have clients who also won't do things in Mercury Retrograde. Mm. Really top businessmen, which I found so interesting. It's not that you shouldn't or can't, but triple, quadruple check everything because what tends to happen if you sign for things in mercury without really checking is that as mercury goes direct again something will come back around to kind of get you that you hadn't noticed and you'd be like hang on i i, I didn't know about that mm. and people will be like yeah you did it was in the contract so if you are going to do any contract work in mercury just really 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 double check it make sure you're very clear on it have a second pair of eyes on it just get super clear I love Mercury retrograde simply because Mercury retrograde takes us into a lot of introspection and reflection. And so it's a real opportunity to slow down. As we were saying before, we don't slow down anymore. Mm. Mercury makes you slow down. Yeah. Mercury's broke my iPhone more times than I can count. Mm. Mercury makes my apps go haywire. So I suddenly realize, hang on though, when did I actually click on Instagram? I didn't mean to be on here. So Mercury can be a really big helping hand if we use it in that way. And what I really love about Mercury for me, Mercury helps us to get into our communication so notice your communication style around Mercury. As you're talking to someone, are you already forming the response in your head? Do you actually really listen? Yeah. And what applies most of all to me with Mercury is when we think about communication, we're so hung up on the actual words. And we speak, you might know this, how many words a day do we speak? There's a yeah, the, the, I don't they know. say I know that we have fifty thousand thoughts a day or something yeah. ridiculous like that. Or if that, they say that we have we twenty thousand words yeah. a day, for an example, there's probably only about a thousand of those that have any real meaning. Yeah. So start to listen to the words behind the words, the mm. communication behind the words, why you're saying what you're saying. Is it to fill a gap? Is it because you feel nervous? Well, people are so sort of afraid sometimes or uncomfortable in silence. Yes. So like you say, we are always filling or yes. often like those words are just filling gaps aren't they yes yeah or you'll say something without having like, more meaning or without actually really listening to what has been totally. said because you're already planning the answer before it's even been yes answered to you. or we're saying things that we think people want to hear versus yeah. saying what we truly mean and so mercury is a wonderful opportunity to just revisit 
everything around communication, how we communicate with ourselves, with other people, how we share ourselves, mm. how able we are to go into a state of flow because Mercury will push you up against the limits of your technology. What do you do when your iPhone breaks? I mean, the best thing to do would be like, okay, I'm going to have a day off tech. I'm, I'm going to go and surrender. walk in the trees. I'm going to go and put my feet on the yeah. earth. I'm going to, that's what Mercury takes us into quite a lot. And like with anything else, we've, as we've talked about, when you try and fight against a lunar cycle, a breath cycle, mm. when you try and fight against a natural cycle or a Mercury retrograde cycle, that's when life's going to get a bit icky. Yeah. And so the best thing to do in Mercury is surrender to its smile. If you can avoid signing a contract, go for it. Do it. Okay, it's three times a year. Right. So when we're talking about... Um, going into the astrological charts and when the moon is in cancer or the moon is in Aries and the moon mm. is in Pisces and you do a lot of writing about that don't you on yes. your Instagram and and what's coming up for us and what to expect and how to how to flow with mm. that how to be aligned with that um yeah how do you how does that work it's really simple when you know how. It okay. used to baffle me in the beginning. It's really simple when you know how. One of my huge passions in life is to simplify things so people do them. Mm. So if you have to know which one of your houses the moon is falling in or what your moon and your star and your ascending sign are and where everything falls in your chart, it's so complicated that many people don't have time. And so what most people want to know is, is it a neurofull moon? Why do I feel like this? The signs that the moon falls in just gives, gives us a different flavor so to speak and so the moon will go through every single astrological sign every two to two and a half days she'll go through the whole of the zodiac within one entire month the new moon remember we spoke before the new moon happens when the sun the moon and the earth are all in one exact line and so on a new moon the moon will always be in the same sign as the current star sign that we're in so whatever like birth month we're in whatever star sign that is that will be the new moon a full moon happens when the sun the earth and the moon line up so they're on opposite sides of the earth rather mm. than line with each other so a full moon will always fall in the opposite sign to the current star sign we're in when you think about it like that it's a little bit easier to yeah. to kind of get your head around that it's either going to be in the same because everything's in one alignment or in opposites as the moon moves through each sign and some people again want to get into the real nitty-gritty of where is the moon exactly today it's an Aquarius today if anyone is interested <laughs> I don't follow to that point because I'm busy I've got a life I've got things going on I tend to just work around more the phases and the full and the new moon but what I'd advise people to do is if you notice around a certain time each month or a certain day maybe check what sign the moon's in because what each sign does is it brings us a different tone a different lesson a different opportunity a different something to work with and so what you will find is when the moon falls in the signs that have got lessons that are particular to you you're going to feel the moon a lot more strongly a lot of people ask me do I feel the moon more when it's in my sign and the answer is yes mm -hmm. and that's because um I love astrology. I'm not necessarily into the things that pe people say in the paper about what's going to happen that day, but astrology as a whole, I'm a huge fan of because I, I believe that the sign you're born in comes with certain positive and let's call them shadow traits. And they're normally the aspects of life that you need to work on a little bit more. Mm. You know, some signs tend to be a bit more stubborn, a bit more impulsive, a bit more. And I think that where the sign under which you're born does tend to lend a little bit of life lessons to you as to what you need to like delve into and, and, 
either be a little more or a little bit less of. And so when the moon falls in your sign, it pulls up all of those lessons that are already part of your life's learning anyway. So you can normally tend to feel it a lot more. Sometimes people will react differently to a moon. And this is because if you're already working on a lot of the traits and the challenges and the opportunities and the lessons this particular sign brings up, it's going to amplify that for you and give you an extra boost of energy to move into that deeper. If it's something you're avoiding or there are aspects around that moon that you're not comfortable with, you're going to feel it more on the other side of the coin. Mm. The fiery moons tend to bring us more into the passion, the fire, go get him. We want to get things done. We feel a lot more on fire in a fiery moon. Yeah. The air signs, when a moon falls in an air sign, we tend to be a little bit more creative, a little bit more up in our heads with some of the signs, a little bit more able to dream. We tend to be a little bit more impulsive and rebellious around air signs. The watery signs will take us into our emotions. So the watery moons are often some of the most emotional moons. Yeah. Um, Scorpio moon, we've just had been one of them. A lot of people think of the Scorpio moon as being a fire sign because of the amount of sting it brings, mm. but it's a water sign all about emotion. And the earth signs take us into being very real, very grounded, very practical, making things quite real. Yeah. And so depending then on what sign the moon falls in, you can take the energy of that particular sign and use that to make to any work with it exactly yeah exactly so that's about as complicated as I like to make it yeah. once you know those Definitely. little things it's super easy to work with it's going back to cycles because we talk a lot about women's cycles and mm. um but men so do they have cycles as well sure there's more research isn't there about men and cycles yeah it, it's the general theory is that men have a 24-hour hormonal cycle, which is why men tend to forget things a little bit more easily or can just be done with things or tend to be a little bit more linear. Men tend to be able to be a little Practical. bit more, yeah, and a little yeah. bit more the same every day without those huge ebbs and flows. Yeah. Whereas as women have a 29, roughly, day cycle. Mm. What I really am loving, though, about lunar living as a whole is the workshop I did yesterday you mentioned with mind body, we were at mind mm. body spirit yesterday I must have had there was maybe in the end about 50 people in the workshop and I want to say that maybe 10 of those were men mm. and it was incredible to see and I actually at one point gave them like a little round of applause and was like to all you men who have come and sat here to listen to this and I get now more and more men coming even on my moon workshops because they say it helps them to understand the women in their life better mm which is just an incredible thing. It's a point that we keep coming back to of just understanding each other more. And so if you can understand a cycle, an ebb and a flow, why someone might be feeling a little bit lower energy, higher energy, why they've maybe just lost their lost the plot about a certain thing it really helps mm. and I think for men as well even for accountability work that the lunar cycle gives us rather than just a new year and then nothing in between it gives us a check-in it gives us an ability to be able to keep ourselves accountable and on a track and moving towards what we want to create versus just bumbling along and seeing what happens mm. and so what's your tips for 
working with cycles just to finish seasons and cycles i think first of all start really easy yeah just start really really easy really really simple start to notice when it's a new moon and start to on a new moon make a couple of little wishes about what you'd like the next part of the cycle to bring you know then that over the next two weeks is the waxing moon it's the inhale it's the breathing in your energy is going to grow your energy is going to expand you're going to feel much more outwards much more able to put yourself out there in the world you get to the top of the inhale at the full moon you celebrate any wins you really realize what stood in the way and then through the exhale the waning part of the cycle you work on letting go of all that stands in your way so to begin with just work with new and full moon work with those two phases be really simple with it I often find as well it really helps in work like this to find a moon sister an accountability person someone who will work on this little journey with you who will share it with you and who almost will mirror back to you of hey but you know it's a full moon don't you that's perhaps why you're feeling a bit like this mm. and again it helps you to feel like you're not alone in everything that you're going through and it further helps us to just work I'm a huge believer and I just love us all to be able to come back together once more as people in a collaboration, in a supportive environment, in in celebrating each other. When you heal, I heal. When you win, I win. So find other people maybe around you who are going on a similar journey with you so you don't feel so alone in all of this. A moon journal is a wonderful thing to have where you just start to journal some of these emotions, some of the voices, what they're telling you. And then you start to notice themes of, oh, that same thing came up around the same time. Absolutely. Last yeah. month. OK, here, because often, again, when we walk the more, let's call it spiritual path. I, hear, I do it myself, or like this again? Have I patterns. not gone through yeah, this before? The same patterns and the same triggers. This again? But when we start to notice them and honour them and then work on releasing them, and I think I mentioned that to you before, the waning part of the cycle is so important because we then we get to form and we go, okay, done, finished, I'll wait for the next new moon. Work on the releasing part of the cycle. And, and also I, like taking responsibility yes. as well for what is coming up. So yes. when we're honouring that, then we're honoring our needs and honoring what what's what's asking to be healed and then our power time. to change it and to yeah. heal it yeah yeah so working with the power of the moon absolutely oh Kirsty, thank you darling and i'm going to be adding a little moon a moon theme to breathe in the mini episode as well but how can your book lunar living so that's going to be released that's out when april april 2020 yeah and um that's very very exciting but also you offer um online courses and also yes. uh, what else is it that you do is it on Skype as well you do readings for people I as do. well don't you I do yeah so how can they find you basically what's your Instagram find me on Instagram at Kirsty Gallagher it's Kirsty underscore Gallagher underscore but if you type me or Luna Living you should find it on there I put the moon phases I try and put kind of inspirational things on there for the mm. in between phases I also send out Luna Love Notes so if you want to head to my website KirstyGallagher.com um, Luna Love Notes will be on there Luna Living is my online sisterhood where we have a beautiful community on Facebook and every full and new moon I'll give you a full download of exactly what that's, that moon is what it's stirring what it's asking you to delve into what you can be asking yourself what life areas to look at mm. and we hold moon circles on there as well so we all get together and hold a moon circle and it's just a way of bringing women back together which is one of my absolute passions Great. it really is and then the soul guidance readings I do are more if you feel like 
like you need some direction, some guidance. Um, I adore doing them. Often people go on then to work with me through the cycles of, mm. of how we can then, what's come up from the reading, how we can then delve into this and really create the change that it is you want to bring. Fantastic. Thank you. My Thank pleasure. You so Thank you so much for having much. me. And um, yeah, really looking forward to reading your book. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness, that was fascinating. What I love about Kirsty is that she takes a lot of the woo-woo chat out of her explanations of the moon. She just keeps it really simple and accessible. I hope this podcast inspires you to tune in and connect more with our closest celestial neighbor. Next time you feel really creative or really emotional, check in with the moon cycles. And I really hope you've absorbed and connected with some of this wisdom that's been shared today into your everyday life. As always, with each episode, I'll be providing a mini episode with a breathing exercise to support the theme. For this episode, I'll be sharing one called The Four Suns Meditation. You can find this wherever you find your podcasts. I would love to hear your feedback. If you found it useful or if it helped you to feel more positive, your stories of how it's made a difference mean the world to me and it's why I love sharing breathwork. We all know someone going through challenging times and sometimes we don't know what to say. Maybe these breathing exercises can help navigate them through. I'm on Instagram at breathing.tree or to find out more about breathwork, check out my website breathingtree.co.uk. This podcast was edited by Kazra Virosia and produced by One Fine Play. And remember to keep breathing and listening out for more inspiring episodes coming very soon.